host of a pen and a napkin podcast. Welcome to headlines number five. Case, I got the sound effects back. Good, the typewriter's back. The, type, like the typewriter is back, so we are ready to roll. Uh, again, my name is Marty Plum. This is my good friend Casey Hall from Miller West High School here in Omaha, Nebraska. And we are going to talk a little NBA preview action here. Uh, we've got four or five main topics, and then we're going to go through some some teams we think are going to be better, some teams that we think are going to be worst, and and then maybe uh, we'll get to some some picks for some conference finals and, and finals picks and NBA champs and stuff like that. So, ready to go, Case? Yep, I'm all ready. All right. Um, we had our four topics that we emailed or we texted each other about today. Uh, which one do you want to talk about first? I always give you. I want to. I want to give my guest the privilege to to pick the first topic. Uh, we can talk about Giannis and his new uh, big deal. Yeah, yeah, he could loan us a little cash. Uh, I, I I would take it. That's for sure. <laughs> um, is this uh, is this a good thing for the NBA? Um, I think it is, especially for the smaller market teams. Mm-hmm. Um, you're seeing so much of the three-man team up and trying to go win it with going to get all the studs you can. Um, I think what Giannis is trying to do is, I mean, he's trying to get paid, of course. Sure. But I think it's good for the small markets that, hey, you can – still try to get one of the best players in the NBA and give yourself a chance to win it all and try to build around them if you can. And I kind of like the old school attitude. Like, no, you know, this is my team. This is my city. This is my franchise. And I'm going to ride or die with these guys. And, and, you know, I'm going to win it for the city of Milwaukee when we ultimately win the win the world championship and i and i think that kind of harkens back to the kind of that 80s thing of you know uh bird with the celtics and magic with the lakers and obviously those two guys fell into a great spot but you know jordan stayed with the uh with the bulls and isaiah thomas you know he could have flown the coop in in detroit and gone to other places to try and win um you know even clyde drexler waited until way at the end of his career to try and you know uh, go somewhere else and again you know he was in the he was in the twilight of his career he was nowhere near the same player that he was four or five years before that so I like it I, I think it's good for the league I think it keeps competitive balance in place I think it's um, you know it's good for the fans that it's not just going to be all about uh, you know a New York team not necessarily the Knicks but you know New York Miami uh, the two LA teams and maybe one or two other teams that kind of pop up. You know, uh, I, I was listening to a guy on a podcast where he said, if Giannis goes to Miami or if Giannis goes to D- Dallas or something like that, then essentially the NBA is just going to turn into the Premier League. And then that gets boring, you know. And I, and I think this is so positive for the league. Yeah, I mean, I think it's good for the league. I mean, Keeping keeping this high profile guy in Milwaukee, which who wants to go to Milwaukee? Uh, <laughs> I don't. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's just and he 
he's a great personal person too for someone that comes across the sea and kind of starts out i mean if you see pictures of him he looks like a six foot ten oh yeah if you turn the air conditioning first, on too high, when he first started coming yeah yeah when, i mean what he's done to develop himself is one thing mm-hmm. uh, and now now he needs to take the step next step and mm-hmm. i think that's just not on him but i think it's more on the franchise in general too yeah um they've got to find a way to get some more pieces around him if they if they want to win a title and huh. i'm not saying they have to go get all the big names but they've got to get the right pieces to make it fit for them i think they're short one guy i think they need one more dude i mean you know middleton and uh drew holiday i think are awesome you know drew holiday i think that's a great uh pickup um but and and brooke lopez is solid at the center but I, i think they're one guy short and i don't know how they're gonna get that one guy uh but last year they almost had too many guys, you know, and you know how that is sometimes case where you, where you have too many guys and you're not really sure who to ro- you know, who to bring in alongside Giannis and Middleton and you're kind of trying to figure that out. I think sometimes when you have your seven or eight guys, you know who you're going to roll with and that simplifies things for you as a coach. And yeah, that, and I think I think that was a lot of their issue last year cuz they couldn't they didn't have a specific rotation they would play with him mm-hmm. yeah who's your who's your ride or die five kid five guys in this case the last four minutes of a tough game and yeah. when when you're constantly trying to put those pieces together or well who's going to be the hot guy tonight we're not sure um i know my best teams i knew going into a, you know the last four minutes of a tight game here's here's the five gals we're going to roll with and uh, that usually worked out the best. So maybe that'll help Milwaukee as well. So They need to get something fluent, that's for sure. Exactly, exactly. So, All right, let's move on to topic number two. I want to jump in on this one here because I can see this right now. This would be the, the scourge topic of the league, um, but at the same time, one trade and, and a you know, a good run will change the entire perception of all of this. Um, what is going to happen with James Harden? Well, first of all, he might need to lose some weight if he wants to be able to play. Yeah, yeah. He uh, he did not look good. You know, he didn't he didn't he didn't skip, skip the dessert tray. That's for sure. No, no. Um, I was, you know. I was really, really stunned as a basketball fan to read the article that was on ESPN.com a day or two ago about his uh, work habits and his training habits and just the way he held that franchise, has held that franchise uh, hostage. At the same time, the franchise allowed him to dictate when the whole team was going to practice or where they, you know, how long they were going to stay in a city or all those type of things. And, you know, I'm not, you know, these guys are at a whole nother level than you and I uh, economically and the the, the things that they're able to get away with in that regard. But my goodness gracious, I I just don't see 
Michael Jordan holding up the Bulls to stay an extra night in in Phoenix because he likes the the nighttime entertainment that might be available to him or anything like that. I, I just see this as uh, extremely, extremely, extremely selfish behavior, and I would be hesitant to trade for the talent uh, because of the character. And and again, not not to say I know there's a lot of guys that do the same things that James Harden does in his downtime. Uh, but those guys are doing it on their time, not on everybody else's time. Does that make sense? Yeah. I mean, and my thing on that is what's he done? I yeah. mean, besides, besides when a hand or a few scoring titles, um, he took the Rockets to the game seven Western conference finals in 2018, where they missed what? 27 threes to lose to the Warriors. Yeah. In game seven. Yep. In game seven. So, I mean, what's he done? What gives him the privilege or the right to be able to do that in my eyes? I mean, I know he's you're supposed to be your player, but, man, you're – I mean, it's not like you got Jordan or Magic or Isaiah or Bird trying to tell you to do this. You've got James Harden who doesn't have a ring on the finger. And that's exactly it. You know, this is a guy that has not won anything – but he's refusing to change his habits to put his habits at a championship level the way that, you know, and again, LeBron's a freak. But as an example, you know, LeBron takes care of his body. And, you know, at least publicly, you don't hear about these stories of of him doing stuff, you know, that, that James Harden is putting his team in that situation, you know. So I, 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 I at some point... Your, your legacy has to matter to you. And I'm not saying that it doesn't matter, but if you keep failing at the end of the season, if you keep, you know, allegedly, you know, not allegedly, you can, it, it's very, um, it's very easy to look at his statistics when he, when they get into the second and the third rounds of these long series, his numbers go way down. And, and, and I got to think that, um, a lot of this be behavior and the way that he has carried himself has to contribute to that. And, and, yeah. and, and if I'm a dude playing with James Harden and it gets into the nitty gritty time and I'm like, do I really, really want to take a charge for that dude right now? And, and my team, if this, if this is the way I've been treated. And if you're a true professional, I guess, yeah, you will. But man, that makes it hard. I, I think it would be a very, disruptive environment to be around well and that brings us back to your first question is where is he going to go i mean who who wants to take somebody that's going to be like that as a player and potentially mess up something that you're trying to mesh together with maybe having some new guys or you have a an older team that just trying to find some one more stud to add into the group um and that's and that's the thing like i've heard couple people say on tv and in podcasts is like right now everything that's coming out and the way he's looked physically that he may not get traded well the the leverage that houston has has to be diminishing yeah you know so a month ago they probably probably could have gotten more than what they're capable of getting right now in my opinion it is my guess 
And I think the one that works for him is, which could change his entire perception, and it could change the entire perception of, of both him and the franchise he'd be going to, the best fit for him would probably be Philadelphia. Yeah, that's that's the one that I've got that I think that's where he would go. Mm-hmm. Um, now, how he and Big Man would get along inside is a question mark, but I think they would work out all right, him and Joel Embiid. I think they'd be okay, but now they both want the ball in their hands all the time, so that's going to be the issue. I think their skill sets would complement each other tremendously well. Um, and, and that's why I, I say that's kind of the best fit. And he's going to play for a coach that's going to hold him accountable in, in Doc. And, uh-huh. you know, he's probably a better fit alongside Embiid than is Ben Simmons. And, and that, you know, you know, you put, you put Harden, Seth Curry, and Danny Green out there spreading the floor out, and even Tobias Harris as half a shooter with Embiid inside, all of a sudden that changes the entire floor spacing issue that Philadelphia has had in the last three or four seasons. And, you know, he could go there, and, and that legit, you know, that could win them, uh, that could put them in a situation where that would be a great closing five and a, a group you would want to roll with in the playoffs. And then all of a sudden the perception of Harden changes by winning and winning big in a city that values winners, you know? Yeah. But yeah. And more than likely with that trade, they wouldn't have to give up a whole lot, be kind of giving up James Harden for Ben Simmons. And then you're maybe throwing in a, uh, five or six, five or six year guy from that's maybe making three to five million. Mm-hmm. Yeah, to get the salaries to match up and everything. Yeah, uh, there's there's wiggle room to make that happen. Um, I think it would be a train wreck in Brooklyn. I mean, I think, um, oh. and we'll we'll talk about Brooklyn here in a minute. Um, but I, I don't see that as a fit. Milwaukee doesn't have enough assets to get back to him. The Lakers don't have enough assets. Um, and I don't think he would fit well. The only, the only thing about being in, like, let's say with the Lakers, which he added to his list here, um, would be LeBron would hold him accountable. Um, yeah, but there's not enough basketballs to go around for AD LeBron and James Harden. Yes. And that's exactly it. That's exactly. And none of those guys are going to not want the basketball. Right. You know, especially... You know, maybe a year or two ago, you could have made that argument about AD that he would defer a little bit. But after the run that he went on uh, in the bubble and everything, that's not happening. I don't think, anyway. No. So, all right. Well, let's move on to number three. We got two other main topics that we wanted to talk about here, and we're going to jump into some other stuff. Uh, Case, I'll give you the option to pick whichever one of the two left. Um, let's go with the Lakers. Okay. Are they better? Yes. I would agree. I think they are. I think, I think you look at what they got for depth right now. Mm -hmm. You've got three or four guys on their bench that could start for some NBA teams. Yep. 
I mean, they just, I mean, they got, and they got younger. Yes. I would say, I mean, Wesley Matthews, Montrez Harrell, they're both young. And Schroeder, I don't know, I'm not, Schroeder's pretty young as well, I He's believe. He's like 26 or 27. Wesley Matthews yeah. is like 31. He's a little Is he older. that old now? Yeah. Okay, it doesn't feel like he's that old. Yeah. But, I mean, still, I mean, well, Wesley Matthews is younger than Rondo. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, same with, same with Schroeder. So, I mean, you add those three guys right there, and you can, I mean, they've all been somewhere over career, probably 10 to 15 point scores. Mm-hmm. Matthews might be the lower end of that, but, but you had, they there, that was their big struggle was having depth last year and where to go to. But I think with the adding that, that makes it a whole different situation. Yeah, I, I would agree. And, um, they, you know, if LeBron, you know, what's the, the load manages a little bit more this year, uh, because of the the playoff run that they had that went through early October and then the season starting again here really soon, um, you know Harrell and Schroeder uh, can pick up uh, the, uh, the the pieces of that for a night and and they're still going to be really competitive. I think Wesley Matthews is probably a slight upgrade on Avery Bradley uh, from last year. Plus they'll have Markeith Morris for the entire season. Um, Kuzma is going to be a year older. Uh, the legendary duo of Alex Caruso and Talon Horton Tucker, uh, yeah. you know, are going to be a year, year older and a year wiser. Um, so, oh, and by the way, Mark Gasol, who is a bit of an upgrade from the Javel McGee, uh, Dwight Howard combo. Um, that's going to be some really, really good half court basketball to watch with. Uh, Gasol and LeBron passing the ball from the mid to high post, the elbow area, and that type of thing. And they're still going to be as good, maybe if not even better, defensively than they were last year. And last year they were really, really good defensively. So I think they're better. I, I think I think they're quite a bit better uh, than they were I last year. I, I yeah, I, yeah, I think they're really good. I think the only. Um... I don't think they get like I don't think they beat the Warriors or the Bulls 72 73 wins mm-hmm. just because I think they'll have the LeBron will probably sit let's just say 15 or 20 games this year just for load management and I could see AD probably sitting somewhere around 10 to 15. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um and I that I think that's just with a quick turnaround and if they can get, I mean, if they can get the one seed with those two sitting out, that's going to be, yeah. I mean, cake pretty much. Yeah, I, I'm guessing they're going to spend the first thirty games just kind of getting revved up, and 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 they're really going to hit their stride the last forty games or so. Um, I don't think they're going to be much if, if they started out, you know, and everybody would be losing their mind if this happened. But it, let's say they started out. Uh, nine and six or something like that. I don't think that's going to bother them at all. And if, if they started out, you know, 18 and 12, but they're working their sea legs into things and they're getting the pieces put together and that type of thing, I think that's when they're looking to take off at that point. Yeah. Yeah. They're, I mean, they're not going to rush anybody back if they don't have to, and they're going to take their time. I mean, you can, you know, LeBron's going to play 
next Tuesday and he's going to play Christmas Day and that I wouldn't be shocked if he took the next two or three games off. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I would agree with you there, my friend. So, all right. Number four, topic number four. Let's talk about the Brooklyn Nets. How good do you think the Brooklyn Nets are going to be? How is this experiment with Kyrie and KD on the same team actually going to work out? I think they're going to be really good. I think um, I think Kyrie has realized it doesn't have to be all about him a little bit. Um, I think you're still going to have his moments where he tries to do it all and all that and score all the time. But I think KD, with the way he kind of the way he carries himself, he's not like demanding and stuff like that. I think it's kind of carried over into the way Kyrie is a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still questioning their head coaching hire a little bit, but um, I, th- I think they'll be fine. I can see I'll, I think they're going to be one of the top two or three teams in the, in the East for sure. Yeah. Just, just because, I mean, KD is going to score 25 to 30 a game and, Kyrie's going to do enough, and then they've got enough guys on the bench that I think are enough second-level guys that are going to be able to score some points for them, too. Yeah. I question, you know, kind of that whole there's only one ball thing. And I I will say this. uh, I, I think Kyrie is immensely talented, and I hope he's more mature than he was when, like, when he was playing with LeBron. Um but, you know, it, it, nobody has ever really came out and ever said, man, I loved playing with Kyrie, you know. And and here's Durant, who was playing with perhaps the most unselfish team ever in Golden State, and he wasn't happy there. I mean, you got two guys that just can't be happy, almost, it seems like. And, 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 I, and I don't know why. Obviously, I don't know them. Um, but I just wonder... Um, you know, like with with uh, with Golden State, you know, Curry and Clay were there to just kind of, all right, just you know, let's just go with the flow here. We're not going to make a big deal out of this. And with when Kyrie was with uh, LeBron, LeBron took the brunt of that type of stuff and and handled a lot of that messaging and you know things. But now these two guys are the are are going to be the two main. Uh, leaders of this team, and everybody's going to defer to them. And with a rookie head coach, I, I just wonder how the it's not going to be if, if they struggle. And I think they're going to be good, but I don't think they're going to be great. Um, I, I, I think just I, I just wonder how those internal dynamics are going to work with that group as a whole, um, based on all of those factors. And you know, KD is a is a really good defensive player, but he's coming off the Achilles. But nobody else on that, especially on the perimeter, is what you would call an outstanding defender. I mean, Kyrie is average at best. Joe Harris is not a defender. Dinwiddie and Lavert are not great defenders. Um, they're they're probably going to have to outscore people uh, a lot of nights uh, rather than digging down and, and getting stops. And I I wonder how long you can go with without having one or two just dogs out there on the perimeter that's going to shut other guys down. 
Yeah, they're going to struggle in that aspect of defense. I mean, Landry Shamit might be their best defender. Mm-hmm. And he, I mean, he's not going to be big enough to guard, let's say, Giannis on a day when they need it to happen. Yeah. I mean, I don't think he'll guard Giannis, but let's just put him in that situation. I mean, he's not going to be able to guard Giannis. And if they're in the Eastern Conference Finals, then you need one stop. Yeah. Um, yeah. And their bench i mean they did play well at the end of the year they kind of i mean they made the postseason right yeah so i mean they did get those young guys a lot of good playing time but now like you say like adding these two alpha alpha dogs into the group how's that dynamic gonna work yeah uh i think they'll be okay um i do like i said earlier i do question the hire of steve nash I'd, i'm not sure I think he's going to be a good coach one day, but I don't know if that's the best spot for him to start. Mm-hmm. But I wonder if they kind of did that to try to help Kyrie a little bit. Could be. Well, well, apparently he was like an advisor with the Warriors, and, and he knew Durant before that. So I think that was part of it. Um, uh, you know, so... And, and, and I agree. But you know what? People probably thought the same thing about Steve Kerr. And they were surprised yeah. that he came in and as a rookie head coach, you know, they win an NBA championship. But I also don't think, I think that team, people knew that team was going to be good and, and, and you know, perhaps very good. But I don't think anybody thought that they were going to be what they ended up being, you know. Yeah, they they, they kind of shocked the world a little bit, especially after what Mark Jackson did with the team before Steve Kerr came in. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, this is, you know, it was a pleasant surprise that Steve Kerr won as much as he did as quickly as he did. Steve Nash, if he doesn't win a lot and and by a lot, meaning, you know, it's kind of conference finals or bust. Um, Anything less than that, it's it's going to be kind of a bitter pill to swallow uh, for management and and the players and that's probably who they're going to go to first. You know, that's that's who's going to get the blame. So, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, Case, let's move on to our next segment here in Headlines. All right. We are going to talk about our picks for one or two teams that we believe are going to be much better this year and one or two teams that are going to be worse this year. So you want to talk you want to talk about the teams that you uh, think are going to be better or the teams that are going to be worse case. We can go to the teams that are going to be better. Okay. All right. Uh, you want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. I have two teams that I picked out. My first pick is New Orleans. I think that uh, Obviously, uh, Zion will be full speed ahead, it sounds like. And I don't think... Now, do I think New Orleans is going to challenge for supremacy in uh, the Western Conference? No. But I think that they're gonna, they've are gonna. they got a chance to move up to uh, a 5-6-ish seed in the playoffs. Uh, but Zion will be full speed ahead. I think Brandon Ingram will be a year older and a year better. 
And I think it's going to be an underrated hire to have Stan Van Gundy as their new head coach. I think he's going to bring a whole different type of structure, um, a, a different, you know, he's not afraid to confront guys and to challenge guys to try and attempt to make them better. And I think that's something that that team missed the last year or two. And I think that's going to be a positive thing for that franchise. And I, I think, you know, losing Holiday will be a little bit of a step back, but I think what they're going to gain from getting Zion will override trading Holiday away. Yeah, I think, I, I mean, I think they're going to be a good team. Um, they'll be, I don't know if I have them as high as you do, 5-6. I think they'll be battling for that playoff spot for that 7-8 area. Um, I just really question their depth on the bench um, and putting all that pressure on Zion, which it sounds like, I mean, he wants to take that pressure. Mm -hmm. He's not going to shy away from it. But, uh, and then, and, but can he stay healthy and not have any injury issues with his knees and everything? Sure. Yep. 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 And that, and that's going to be a question for him until, you know, it's kind of like Anthony Davis. Everybody questioned his health until he stayed healthy. And yep. until Zion stays healthy, everybody's going to question his, his health, you know, so it makes perfect sense. So who's, uh, who's one of your picks for somebody that's going to be better? One of my picks is Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Um, the ATL. I don't think, I mean, I don't think they're going to be middle of the pack anywhere. I think they're going to be fighting for that eight spot um, for the playoffs. Uh, they've added some veterans mm-hmm. that will help. Um I mean, Rondo, he's kind of going to be there just to kind of teach and teach Trey Young a little bit. Uh, but Bogdanovich, that's, I thought that was a great get. Yep. Because uh, he can put it, he can put it in the hoop and can shoot it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Gallinari, another guy and Chris Dunn, you can put him in there where he's going to play. I mean, he's going to be your best defender by far. Yep. I just think they're getting older. They're getting mature. Uh, they redid everything and started all over, and now they're finally getting to the spot where they might be in the next three or four years one of the top four teams in the East if they can keep this core group together. Yeah. Uh, but, I, don't, I mean, I think what they win last year, maybe 20, 20 22 games. It wasn't a lot. Like, yeah. So I mean I think I think they can get to thirty five, mm-hmm. and last year I mean, last year that puts you as a seven or eight seed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I, I think both of our first picks are in kind of that same area. The teams that were not very good last year, um, and we're not saying that they're going to make a massive jump. Like I said, you know we don't. I'm assuming you don't think Atlanta is going to be challenging Milwaukee and Boston and and Brooklyn, but they're gonna they should improve by ten or twelve games just with uh, those additions of some veteran help, some veteran leadership, and some guys that can take take some pressure, the scoring pressure off of uh, Trey Young. Yeah, I mean they're they're gonna 
they're going to push themselves to get better. And they're, they're young, they're athletic, they're going to get up and down the floor. They're not scared of anybody from what it sounds. So, I mean, mm-hmm. they're going to they're gonna fight and battle hard, but I don't think they're going to get to the point where they're, this year anyway, anyway in the top four. Yeah. Um, if they can get, yeah, 10 to 15 more wins and be playing in that play in for the eighth seed, I think that'd be ideal for them. Yeah. Yep. I would agree. I would agree. And I think they are going to make that push. I think they are going to make that push. So, um, all right. My one, my other team that I think is going to be much better is the Phoenix Suns. Um, I think they are going to come, you know, they had the, the great run in the bubble. Um, they obviously add one of the, you know, one of our, this generation's greatest players in, uh, Chris Paul and Booker and Aiton are going to be a year older along with, um, you know, a lot of the young guys that they played last year, Mikael Bridges and that Cam Johnson out of, out of North Carolina. Uh, they signed Jay Crowder, which is kind of an underrated, you know, toughness dude. Um, I, I, I think they're going to make a run at that four, five, six spot as well. And I think uh, playing along Chris Paul is going to take Devin Booker's game even that much higher. Uh, and and he's pretty pretty stinking good anyway, you know. So um, I think they're going to make a nice jump as well this year. Yeah, I I, I like watching the Suns play. Um, I want to see how the whole Booker and Chris Paul thing is going to work out. Because um, Booker had the ball in his hands quite a bit. Good point. Uh, just kind of seeing how that dynamic works together. I think it's going to be good for Booker, but I also wonder if he's going to get frustrated not having the ball in his hands as much as he did. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I think they're going to be really good, and I can see them, yeah, fighting for that three, four, five seed somewhere in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I I think they're going to be in the. I think it's going to be, and, and we'll get into our picks later on down the line here, uh, but. Uh, I think it's going to be a jumbled mess in that three through seven area out in the West. And, and I think they're going to be right in the middle of it. So, yep. Who's your other pick for much improved? Um, this one's kind of off the rocker a little bit, but I kind of like what they're doing, um, depending on if they can stay healthy. And that's the Sacramento Kings. Oh, a little Sacktown action. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Fox is, really good mm-hmm. uh, he's been good and just signed that new bit max deal to stay there uh, I love their draft pick in Halliburton mm-hmm. out of Iowa State I think that kid's gonna be real good in the next couple of years and he him and Fox in the back in the backcourt are gonna be fun to watch mm-hmm. um, now the big thing is is can they stay healthy um, with Marvin Bagley um Harrison Barnes is getting a little older. Yeah. But he's a good veteran for him to have. He he's a solid fourth guy. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's what he'll be um uh, depending on how long Buddy Heald can stay happy. Yeah. yeah. And not ca- and not cause issues. Um but I think I mean I don't 
I don't know. I don't. I don't think they'll make a. If they make a playoff push, it'll be the play-in game um, for the West. But with the West being so deep, it's going to be tough for them to do that. But I think they're going to start making that jump where they're going to be maybe not this year, but next year they're going to be battling for playoff spot, and then the years after that. But it all comes down to being healthy, um, and then hopefully, hopefully. I mean, if Fox and Halliburton and Heald can play well in the backcourt together, they're going to be tough to beat. Yeah. Uh, you know, I think uh, Bagley is the big X factor. Um, if if that guy can just, like you said, get healthy and make the, the steps and the improvement where, you know, he's a natural four, but they can play him at a small ball five, and they can put those three guards out there all together and play Barnes at a small ball four. I mean, that's a pretty lethal lineup. Uh, that's pretty versatile offensively and defensively. Um, like you said, though, it's just so hard in the West uh, to to make that leap because there's so many good franchises. Um, but uh, I see what you're saying, you know, and I'm and I'm looking at their roster and and uh, you know they're they're going to be in the fight, you know, uh, they're going to be in the fight, and and there's not it, it's not going to be easy to win. Um, going into Sacramento on a Tuesday night in February. They, you know, they're going to be very, very competitive. Like you said, I really like De'Aaron Fox, too. Uh, I'm really, really impressed with him, and I think he's just going to continue to get better and better and better. So, Yeah. And if they can figure out what's going on in their managers and general manager's office, it would make it a lot easier for them, probably. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, here's, here's a hint. Don't hire any more former Kings players to run the franchise. Yeah, it's yeah. not working. Yes. They could hire us, Case. Right. I'll yeah. take it. Yeah, we'd take it. I'd relocate. Yep. Yeah, it'd be all right. Okay. Uh, two teams that you think are going to get worse. I let off the first one, uh, so you lead off the second here. Uh, two teams uh, that you think are going to take a significant step backwards. I'm going to go Oklahoma City for yeah. my first one. Um, I mean, they, I think they, they just cleaned house. Mm-hmm. Um, first, I don't, I don't understand why they fired Billy Donovan. Um, I thought he was doing a pretty good job there for what he had after they traded away everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but as a Bulls fan, I'm, I'm happy he's in Chicago. <laughs> it's uh, funny how those things work out. Right? Yeah. But, I mean, you look at their roster and you're like, Okay, who is their player? Because they don't really have one. Yeah. Um, I think they're just kind of going for that rebuild, throwing everything out, and going from there. I mean, I feel sorry for Al Horford signing there. Well, I don't think he's there long. I, I think at some point they'll redirect him, you know, right before the trading deadline. Uh, to a team that needs Al Horford and they'll get right. another another three draft picks. Like literally every other player that will be drafted over the next four years will be drafted by Oklahoma City because they have everybody else's draft yeah. picks. You know? So I think that's... 18, 18, 18 first round draft picks and a handful of second round picks through the twenty twenty seven draft. Jeepers. Jeepers. You know. Yeah, and so I, I think that's what uh, you know, like I said, I, 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 I'm sure Al is uh, on a month-to-month lease 
in a in a nice condo or something like that yeah. in Oklahoma City right now because I don't like I said I don't think he's going to be there long. I think they're going to, um, and I'm sure that was part of the agreement when they traded for him was, um, you know, don't don't settle down any roots here. Uh, play hard for us for 30 games and then we're going to find somewhere else for you to go. And yeah. and uh, but yeah, they stripped it down to the studs and uh, you know it's it, it's not the worst move in the world because they're going to build from the draft anyway, because they're really not going to sign any significant free agents. And, yeah. and, uh, from what I've heard from the, from the draft, uh, analysts, these next two drafts are supposed to be really, really good drafts. And so, uh, they're just going to play the, uh, play the odds and, and see what they can come up with. And hopefully the, the ping pong balls come out in their favor and, and they make a run at it in that regard. So, but yeah, they're gonna they're gonna be bad. I could see them. They won forty four games last year. I could see them drop. I mean, just take twenty off that forty four. I think you can take more than twenty. I think I was being, I was trying to be generous. <laughs> I yeah I uh, they you know, in a seventy two game season I think they're gonna struggle to get to twenty wins. Yeah, they're gonna be one of the worst teams in the NBA for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, all right. One of my teams that's going to take a step back, Houston. Um, you know, all, we, we talked about Harden and the stuff that's going on with him. Um, you know, John Wall is not as good as Russell Westbrook. Um, and I, and I think that was a, a step back trade, uh, for Houston. Um, like we talked about, uh, they're going to get d- diminished returns for um, Harden at this point. Uh, the only way they would look into it, like I said, probably their best trade right now would be for Ben Simmons. Um, but PJ Tucker is getting older. Um, you know, Eric Gordon uh, can really shoot it, but uh, has trouble trouble staying on the floor. Uh, Demarcus Cousins is coming off of. Uh, two terrible injuries, um, and and I just don't know. Um, I, I think they're going to take a significant step back. I think they're going to have a hard time when it's all said and done. I think they're going to have a hard time finishing in the top 10 to get into the that 7, 10, 8, 9 playoff. I, I, I think they're going to take that big of a step back. Um, now, that's what the way things are right now. Um, I, I just, you know, this, I, I think it's probably suits them best to trade Harden sooner rather than later. And just, it, it's just probably time to move on from that. Um, judging by everything that's happening. And, and I, and I think that, um, if you, you know, a happy locker room with maybe it works out where John Wall has a chip on his shoulder and he comes out and plays better than maybe what he would, after he's been out for so long and cousins maybe plays a little bit better and Christian Wood turns out to be a solid signing for him. And then you get three or four other guys that, that they are able to trade with, with whomever, or they get a Ben Simmons. Now that changes that perspective a little bit. But I think, I think, you know, sometimes there's just relationships that are broken and can't be put back together. And I think that's what's, you know, basically uh, everybody's putting on a brave face in Houston, but I think that, um, it's it's got a lot more. There, there's a lot better odds for that to end badly 
than it is to end positively. Yeah, it's it's not going to be a fun winter spring in uh, Houston. Yeah. They're going to be really bad. Um, I I mean, like you said, I think the thing they need to do is trade him ASAP and start fresh. Um, I like John Wall, but like you said, he's not as good as Westbrook. Um, if Boogie Cousins can be anything like he was, that's a plus. And those two played together at Kentucky a little bit, so mm-hmm. that's a plus. So, but other than that, I mean, they're just they're scratching the surface of maybe thirty-five wins, yeah. thirty-six at that. Yep, yep. I would agree. I would agree. Who's your other one that's going to take a step back, buddy? Um, I wrote down the Grizzlies. Oh, okay. Um, and I, it it all depends on what happens with two guys. Um, it all depends on how long Jackson's out and how long or Jaron Jackson's out and how long Justice Winslow's out. Mm-hmm. Um, I know they're out. They're both coming back from injuries now. When will they get back? I mean, they need those two on the floor to even have a chance to compete in the West, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, they were middle of the pack last year, or I guess they are at the bottom. But I think I think they're going to struggle. Um, John Morant's going to be good. But after that, if Jackson and Winslow are out, that hurts a ton. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just think... I think people are thinking that they traded everybody when they made those long runs with Gasol and Randolph and everything and made their runs in the playoffs. But I think just this year, and they're starting to build back up, but I think the injuries are going to be the what hurts them more than anything else right now. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I think the key one is, is Jaron Jackson there. You know, they need him to be healthy. Uh, Brandon Clark is a is a very good player. Uh, he's nice in his role, uh, but he's better playing kind of that third wheel uh, off of Jackson and Valanchunas. Uh, John Morant, really, really good, um, and I and uh, I, I think he's going to just. I think he's just a superstar waiting to happen if if he's not there already. And I think he's just going to get. I think he's. I think he's a more. I'm, I'm, this may be blasphemy from our generation here, Coach. Uh, this he may be the more athletic version of Isaiah Thomas of this generation. Um, uh, yeah, well, yeah, I know that's way something. more, way more athletic. Let's see him win a few things, win a few games, and we'll go yeah. from there. Yeah, but you know, you got to remember, Isaiah didn't start winning until he was in his fourth or fifth season. Uh, that's a, true. A lot, so. Um, but that's, that's my initial comp to Ja, uh, is a more athletic Isaiah Thomas. Now, again, does he have the career of Isaiah Thomas that, you know, time will tell, you know, but I'm putting myself out there a little bit on that one, coach. Uh, yeah. But, uh, and I kind of, then I mean, I, I stretch with the Grizzlies a little bit there. I'm just, yeah, I'm just, I just little leery on some of these guys continuing to do what they did last year because they were all young mm-hmm. now can they do it last year like and continue to do it year after year after year yeah 
This is year two. Let's see what they do. Yeah. Well, and you know, other teams around them are, are going to be better. You know, the Warriors are going to be better. Uh, the Blazers are going to be better just because their their guys are going to be healthy. Uh, the Jazz are going to be right there. The Suns are going to be better than they were last year. Um, you know, they kind of, you know, for that, you know, for that run, they kind of caught lightning in a bottle a little bit and, and won some games they probably shouldn't have. Um, and so it could be, you know, a step forward last year and then a step back this year. But, you know, like I said, if, if the draft class is as loaded as everybody says that it is, you know, that might not be the worst thing for them long term is to get, an, you know, try and get another stud via draft to go alongside Ja and Jaron Jackson Jr. And now you're really set up for the next five, six, seven years. With, with, right, with especially with those three. Especially with Valashunas getting older. Mm-hmm. You can find an athletic big. I mean, I guess he's, he's only 30, 28, 30. So, I mean, he's not that old, but it feels like he's older than that. He looks like he's older than that, that's for sure. Yeah. So. But, I mean, if you get an athletic big that can play inside, I mean, that'll be huge for them mm-hmm. to fill that spot there. Yep. My last or my other team that's going to be worse that it pains me, pains me to say it, Case, because I really like them. But I think Toronto is going to take a pretty significant step back. I had I had marked them down as well. Mm-hmm. I just think I think I th- I think they've lost enough dudes and they haven't replaced them the right way that they're going to struggle and they're getting older. Yeah. Uh, you know, Lowry is a year older. Um, they lost Gasol, which I, again, I know he's older, but man, he's really, really good. And they re- replaced him with a poor man's Mark Gasol and Aaron Baines. Um, yeah. I mean, they're deep. Uh, they're, they're gonna, they're gonna play really, really hard. They're gonna play really, really smart. Uh, cause Nick Nurse is a really, really smart guy. Um, but I just think that you know they're going to take another another step back because i think milwaukee is is going to be at the end of the season they're going to be a little bit better i think philadelphia is going to be better i think um miami is is probably going to be better in the regular season than they were last year um and so i think it's it's not necessarily you know probably all things being put there they're about the same, but I think they're going to lose more games just because there's other teams around them that are better. Brooklyn is obviously going to be much better. Um, and so maybe last year against Brooklyn, they, I don't know, maybe if they play four times, Toronto probably won three. Um, well, maybe this year they only win one out of the four uh, or or split at 50-50. You know, so, so situations like that where... Um, you know, I, I just think it's not necessarily them. It's the teams around them have gotten better and they've taken a slight step backwards. So do you do you think they make the playoffs still? I think they're gonna be in the playoffs, but I think it's it's gonna be um six six ish, you know. Um yeah. Not to give away too much on our last segment, but right. I think that there's. Um, let me do a quick count here. One, two, three, 
four, five, at least five teams that are significantly that are going to be better than them. Yeah. Um, and you may, depending on the health of a couple of guys, you may put a sixth ahead of them. Um, you know, so I, I still think they're going to be in the playoffs. I, I you know, um, and if I was, if I was to uh, have, you know, if I had to pick a coach to win one game, Nick Nurse would be in, in, in my top two or three guys that I'd be picking from. Um, so I think they're going to be in the running for the playoffs. I think I think they're going to be in good position. Like I said, I could I, I would pick them around seven, uh, sixth or seventh in the East. Uh, but that's a pretty you know that's a I think they're going to lose. All right, yeah, I think they're going to lose six to eight more games than they lost last year, which again just pains me to say. But I just don't I just don't see them having the same depth and and. Uh, athleticism and, and just missing Gasol, I think is really going to hurt him. So. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I just think they're, they're going to struggle. Um, inside his leadership. Um, but I agree with you. I think I see him somewhere six, seven, maybe five, if they can get on a burner at the end or something. Gotcha. Gotcha. All right. Well, let's move on to our next segment in Headlines. Gotta love the sound of the typewriter case. I love it. Yes, love you know what it. that typewriter is? Just just so our listeners know. It is a 1935 Royal Portable Typewriter. For, for the typewriter aficionados that were wondering what it was. That's what I'm pretty sure there's there's got to be a couple of them on here, listener. <laughs> I could have gone with the 1969 Hermes Rocket typewriter, but I chose to go with the Royal Portable from 1935. Right. Pre pre World War II, I thought we'd go vintage. So that works. Yeah. That works. So, all right, let's pick our uh, conference finalists and let's pick our sleepers in both conferences. Okay. All right. So uh, you want to go east or west first? Let's do east first. East first. All right. You want me to go first? Yeah, go ahead. I have Milwaukee and Miami in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, I think Miami is going to be improved uh, overall. Um, You know, I... I think they caught a little bit of lightning in the bottle in the, uh, you know, if there was ever a team, you know, heat culture. I, I don't want to say that I picked them as my sleeper for our bubble preview, but I picked them as my sleeper for the bubble preview. Uh, yeah. But, they, but they, they pretty much have everybody back from last year, um, a year older, a year wiser, um, a year, uh, you know, playing all together. And I think with the short turnaround, I think they're going to bank some wins early in the season uh, while everybody else is uh, trying to make adjustments to their new rosters. Um, so I, I really like them. I think Milwaukee is. I I I, I think Milwaukee is uh, going to be better. I think Giannis, now that he signed the contract, is going to be on a mission. I think Drew Holiday is going to be. Um, a, a massive upgrade over the 
uh, mix and match pairing of George Hill and Eric Bledsoe and Kyle Korver. I, I think just here's we know we've got all, all of the good things that those three guys did. We're going to put them all in this one guy, and we know we're going to roll with that guy every single night. I think they're uh, I think they're going to make one more move to try to go for it this year. Um, what that move is, who they're going to look to acquire, I'm not sure who that's going to be. Um, but I, I think they're going to go. I, I think they're going to pick up somebody in some way, shape, or form that's going to give them that nudge. And um, I think Milwaukee's going to win the Eastern Conference this year. I think they're going to be more prepared for what Miami would throw at them. And uh, you know, that's my pick. My my dark horse, my my sleeper pick is Philadelphia. Um, I think that, you know, they're going to, you know, and I know I, I spent more than one breath uh, criticizing James Harden on this. I, I just don't like selfish dudes. I don't, I don't, I just don't like players like that, especially off the court like that. Um, but I think uh, they picked up Seth Curry and Danny Green, which is going to open up the floor a lot more than what they had last year. Uh, I think if Embiid stays healthy, I think he's uh, got a chance to do some really good things. I think Doc Rivers is going to hold these guys accountable. And, you know, I think if they did a Harden for Simmons type of a thing, I, I, I think that's that might, you know, if you go Harden, Curry, Green, Tobias Harris, and Joel Embiid to close games, that would be a hellacious group of five guys to to have to close out the last six minutes of a tough game. And uh, you've got offense, you've got defense, uh, you've got rebounding, um, you've got free throw shooting, you've got uh, veteran experience. I, I just think there's a lot there to work with. So that's my dark horse is Philadelphia in the Eastern Conference. What's, uh, what do you got for conference finals and who's your dark horse? All right, I've got the Bucks and... The Celtics, oh okay, in the Eastern Conference Finals. Um, you kind of laid it out there for the Bucks. I kind of see all the same thing. I think they need to pick somebody up, and I think what they need to pick up is some type of shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, last year they struggled from behind the three point line, um, besides maybe a couple dudes, mm-hmm. but they need they need to find that um, because Middleton is very hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, Giannis has tried to improve on it, but that's not his game. But they need to find some type of outside threat to, uh, so I think, win it all. Yeah. Um, and then the Celtics-wise, it's kind of, I don't know, I, I do it, I did it because I really like Brad Stevens. I think he finds a way to win. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are going to be really short on the depth chart. Yeah. Um, and, but when you got Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, yeah, I mean, those two dudes are going to be, they're going to be icons. If they stay as with the Celtics for a while, forever, they're going to be, they're going to be icons yeah. for Boston. Yeah. Um, and if they can get Kemba healthy, that'll be That'll be a big thing. I like, I really like their draft pick and Aaron Naismith. Mm-hmm. That kid, that kid can shoot it. Yeah. There was, I was watching the other day, 
uh, he made seven of nine three pointers in a game one time last year. I mean, you know he can shoot it. Yeah. Uh, now, now he didn't play much last year because he got hurt. So, what's his injury going to be like? Is he going to be able to come back full bore and be ready to go? Mm-hmm. That's a question mark. But I think he fills that spot of being that shooter of a Gordon Hayward s. Yeah. Kinda. Yeah. Um, but their depth is going to be the issue. But I think they find a way. They're a hard-nosed team defensively for the most part, and then they can put it in the bucket when they need to. Yeah. Yeah. And the X factor, the X factor, like I said, is going to be Brad Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I can see that. I can see that. Uh, who's your dark horse? My dark horse, I, it's probably not a dark horse, but I think it is just because there's so many unknowns. I'm going to say the Nets. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, they're, they're the great mystery. Like, you don't know what to expect, and that's why I'm kind of saying, yeah, there's a dark horse, but are they really when you got <laughs> two perennial all-stars on your team that can win it? Yeah. When they want to. Yeah. Um, but I think there's a lot of other question marks within the team um, from players three through eight or whatever they play. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the head coach mm-hmm. um, is a big question mark. I mean, I think I think they make the playoffs just because they got two dudes that are going to get them there. Yeah. But they're also, how are they all going to mesh? Yeah. Yeah, and that and that's the question, you know. That 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 for me is just the, the chemistry, you know, and and how y- you have, you know, it worked with the Warriors because Clay and Steph didn't care about anything except for winning, and Draymond didn't care about anything except for winning. Uh, Kyrie talks about a lot of different things, and yeah. and and how is that dynamic gonna work? And and that's that's the question mark. But you know that's that's probably obviously that's probably the best duo in the East. It's just will I agree with you? Will it all come together? So yep, yep. Um, all right. So I led off with the Eastern Conference. Who do you got in the Western Conference? Oh, I'm gonna go Lakers and Clippers. I'm not a fan of that just because I don't like the LA teams, but. I mean, if you put them on paper, they're the best two teams by far. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we've talked about the Lakers and how much better we think they've gotten um, with the pieces they've added. Clippers have gotten better. They've kind of stayed the same. They did lose some pieces to the team that shares the, the who they share arena with. but um, And then they lost their coach, too. Now, how's... Ty Lue going to handle everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when you got Kawhi and Paul George, they're two difference makers. And then you add um, Serge Ibaka, guy inside. Love that, that pickup. Love that pickup. That, that's, I mean, it. he's not a true post, but he's going to rebound for you and he'll score when you want him to score. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and you, you kind of kept your depth. Um, you added Luke Kennard, mm-hmm. uh, who can shoot it. We're coming off the bench. Uh, but I think, I mean, I think it's Lakers, Lakers and Clippers. Um, 
unfortunately. <laughs> but uh, I just think I just think right now, when you look at it, those are the best two teams in the West right now. Yep, I'm going to. Uh, make this easy on the listeners and say I concur in spades on everything that you said. Uh, yeah. You know, uh, we, we talked about the Lakers earlier. I agree with you with the Clippers, although I do really, really like the Serge Ibaka signing. I, I think that's gonna, I think that's gonna be one of those uh, margin moves that at the end of the year people are gonna go, yeah, that was really, really smart. He, he's kind of the perfect fit uh, for this group. Uh, and their temperament and, and what they're looking for. So, well, and he and he and Paul or he and Kawhi played so well together in Toronto. Yeah, and they went on that run. Yep, yep. Who's uh, who's your dark horse? My dark horse is the Dallas Mavericks. Okay. Um, I think um, I've already sent in my uh, MVP vote for Luka Doncic. <laughs> Not even gonna watch. Not even gonna watch one regular season game. Nope, he's already my MVP. Yeah, uh, he is so good. Oh yeah. And I mean, I I mean, I never saw him play in Europe or anything like that. But then, really started watching it when they had the bubble and everything. And man, he is good. Yeah, yeah. He would. Uh, he would start at Millard West. Yeah, yeah. I would, I think everybody would take him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think, I th- but I, I think the key for the Mavericks is is the unicorn gonna stay healthy. Yeah, Kristaps Porzingis is he gonna if he stays healthy, they're gonna make a long, long run. Yeah, because you've got a dynamic duo and Luca and Kristaps, mm-hmm. uh, and they both they both real are studs for the years to come. Mm-hmm. Um, their biggest issue may be what they have to fill in when someone does get hurt or coming off the bench and stuff like that. Cause they're really, really thin on that backside. Yeah. Yeah. If, yeah, that's, that's, that's the big question is, is their depth and holding up over, you know, this year, 72 games, not 82 games. So yeah, I would agree with you there. Um, my dark horse would be Portland. Um, I think that they're going to be improved. You know, Lillard and McCollum are who they are. Um, Nurkic will be healthy all season. We saw uh, how much better they were with him in the bubble uh, than they were before without him. Um, I love the pickup of Robert Covington, a great glue guy uh, that's just going to be able to stand there and hit threes um, off of uh, playing off of Lillard and McCollum, um, they get Rodney Hood back from injury as well. Um, Mello is no longer starting. He's coming off the bench, which is probably the role that suits him at this stage of his career. So, you know, hey, just you got 16 minutes a game. Go get buckets for 16 minutes while Dame and, and CJ are out. Um, I could see them being this year's version of Miami from last year. Um where just I, I just like how their pieces fit together, and um, you know Lillard is just a stud. I think they're really well coached. I think Terry Stotts is a very good coach, and I I just I could see them sneaking up 
on people as well and and uh, making a run at it uh maybe uh flip it like uh the way denver did like if the if the clippers have issues and instead of it being denver this year if portland's matched up with them i could see that being the dynamic this year that that they bust through i i really like portland i like watching them play mm-hmm. um i think do they still have Zach Collins, or do they send him away in a trade? Mm, I think they still got him. Let me check here. I just had their depth chart up. Yes, but he is out. He's still recovering from injury. Um, I think that's I think that's another guy that's key for them as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, if I remember right, he was playing pretty well last year until he got hurt. Yeah. Yeah. I think I think he would be a great addition for them i do like portland though i like watching dame lillard play yeah that dude can fill it up yeah yeah well the 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 show that he put on in the bubble and the way he played that was i mean hey he just pull it up just pull it up from the the half court logo and just let it fly let it fly baby let it fly so all right your finals pick case who you got who's gonna win it I'm going to go Lakers, Bucks, and Lakers win it. How many games? Because that's what I got. Um, I'm going to go six. We are in We are in concert, my friend. We are in concert. Yeah, I, I you know, Lakers are better than they were last year. Uh, I, I think Milwaukee is kind of on that trajectory that, you know, again, hearkening back to our childhood – kind of the Pistons and the Bulls went on, you know, you know, you got to bump against that ceiling a couple of times and, and, and taste defeat before you can taste the victory. Uh, I still think the Bucks might be one more year away, but if they could bust through and get through the finals, but I, I just think as long as LeBron and AD are healthy, um, those two guys are just so good together. And I'll be the first one to admit that last year I didn't think they were going to be as good as what they ended up being. Um, I'll eat crow on that one. Um, they they and and I and I think the supporting cast that they have around them this year is even better. And as as long as especially as long as LeBron stays healthy with that group around him, I, I think that's going to be the toughest team. Yeah, if yeah, LeBron stays healthy. No issues for him with anything. They're they they walk. I mean they they win the West with ease, I think, and then they go ahead and take care of the Bucks. I think the Bucks um, are gonna get there, but it might take a little bit of time. And I think, like we both said, they're missing they're missing a piece. Yeah, they're missing a piece to get over that hump. Yep, I think yep, I think we're both in agreement there. They're one piece short, so they got to try and find that piece, and that's why they get paid the big bucks. So, right, and we'll wait on our call from the Sacramento Kings. Yep, still waiting. He's still waiting, still waiting. So, all right, Case. Uh, well, hey, this was a lot of fun. Uh, I love doing these with you. We'll have to do a, a college hoops one at some point here, and and uh, we'll just we'll just throw these out here every once in a while. So. Um, you know, but hope hope you enjoyed being on. Yeah, it was a good time. Lots right. of fun. All right. Well, uh, my name is Marty Plum. This is Casey Hall. This has been Headlines, volume number five, uh, our NBA preview. Uh, coaches, 
As always, let's stay safe, let's pray for peace, and let's be sure to hone our craft one day at a time. <laughs>